This is Jenny Allen, and you are listening to the Made For This podcast. Welcome to If Gathering. If locals out there, we are so thrilled you are here. I know that there is something really, really special about a lot of women singing to Jesus and praying and being in homes and being in churches and being at tables. And I'm quite certain that a lot of awesome things are gonna happen here. And when I look back to the vision that God gave me many years before If Gathering had a name, before If Gathering had a plan, not that we've really ever had a plan, Um, but what has happened is nothing has changed, and the words that he gave me then are the same words that we stand up here today and care about, and it's disciple a generation. Disciple a generation. Over the course of the next 24 hours, likely hundreds of thousands of people are gonna experience Jesus. Hopefully, you will experience Jesus. Hopefully, you're gonna walk out of here and you're gonna love him more. But this moment would not happen without a woman named Michelle Boast, who took a nobody college student to coffee. I met Michelle at the University of Arkansas. She was on staff at Campus Crusade for Christ, and I'm sorry, Michelle, but I didn't think you were very cool the first time I met you. And she asked me to coffee, but she was older and married and had a cute little house on campus, and I went, and I went to coffee. And that started a relationship that lasted for three years. And we would go over to her house, me and my friends, we'd go over to her house, and I remember vividly sitting on the living room floor, and she would open her Bible on the floor, and she would cook us homemade chocolate chip cookies. (laughs) It was good. And, And I would go, and I would listen to her talk about Jesus. I would listen to the surrender that she had I would listen to the relationship that she had with Jesus, and I would want that relationship. I would want to love Jesus like she loved Jesus. As a result of that time, a lot of things changed for me. I was at a place where, you know, University of Arkansas is just so Christian, just everything about it, and and I needed somebody to tell me it was okay to follow Christ. When I was being driven through the drive-thru liquor store, you know, offered alcohol. I needed somebody to say, you know what? You can make a difference with your life. You need to be in the Word of God. And so it's so cool. I still have the Bible that I used all through college, and it's a green NIV, big old fat study Bible. Does anybody still carry those heavy things? Um, and, And I remember that Bible was marked up top to bottom because I was in my Bible because of Michelle Boast. I was in my Bible, and all of a sudden, when my friends were hungover the morning after they went out, I no longer judged them or thought I need to be with them. I befriended them, and I prayed for them, and and there wasn't this angst in me like there had been. Everything about my life shifted because of Michelle Bose. In fact, I followed Jesus because of her. I love Jesus because of her. And most of you don't know her name, and yet she's the reason that you're here. And I have a fear that we're about to have a generation of people that never had a Michelle boast. But because of Michelle and coffee and chocolate chip cookies, this is what happened. Because I saw that God moves through regular, humble people that pray. 
People were saved in front of our eyes. We went from a living room of people that were just, you know, hanging out with chocolate chip cookies to hundreds of people praying and believing God for more at the University of Arkansas in the 90s. (laughs) People's lives changed and all of a sudden I wanted to give my life to this mission. I wanted in. I wanted to be a part of the kingdom of God because Michelle Boast asked me to coffee. And that is why If Gathering exists because I kind of still believe all the things she taught me. I believe that humble, regular people can pray and God moves. I believe that you can open your Bible and read it and mark it up and it change your soul. I believe that women with other women on living room floors with their Bibles open change the world. That's if. That's what we do. That's what we believe. And Michelle taught me that. Does this exist without her? I don't know, but I don't think so. And what happens if this generation doesn't have that? So maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. And maybe you are here because You've been invited by someone, and I want to tell you really clearly why you're here. You're here because somebody like Michelle loved you and loved Jesus, and they didn't want you to miss this. But those of you that do love Jesus, why do you love Jesus? And I bet it isn't because of a book or sermon or blog or an event. I bet it's because of a person maybe one, maybe two, maybe three people that looked in your eyes, that bought you coffee, that listened to your story. Maybe they told you their story and they told you about Jesus. I bet it isn't something that you're chasing right now. I bet it was a person that loved you and looked in your eyes. We have a problem. We have a problem. And, and when I look around, I worry because I think, okay, have we fed the problem? I'll just be super honest. That's kind of how I roll. Have we fed the problem? I'm standing up here with a microphone and I have a book and I have the event that I run. Have we fed the problem where we're believing that we have to go big and not small? Jesus spent a few years here in ministry on this earth and the way he did it was so interesting. He just gathered a bunch of guys and he hung out with them. That's what he did. For three years, he hung out with the same guys. He pulled them together and he said, this is how we're gonna roll. This is what we're gonna do. This is what we're gonna talk about. This is how we're gonna love people. They ate together. They hung out together. It was small and it was pretty simple. And I want to begin this weekend looking at these verses that I believe this is what is supposed to shape the way we do life and ministry. And how many people feel like the world is complicated right now? Unanimously. How many people feel like your own life is complicated right now? Me too. We have a very important mission in the midst of this complicated world. And he lays it out so simply. I love Jesus. He keeps things so simple. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you, even till the end of the age. These are words that Jesus spoke to his guys 
right before he ascended to heaven. I mean, these were important words. He's about to leave them. And he leaves the mission of the future of the kingdom of God in the hands of a few people. This was God's really brilliant big plan. A few men who he'd been with would go tell other people about him so that those people could be with him. See, the great commission is this, because you have been with me, go be with people so that they can be with me. Acts 2, we're gonna look at the book of Acts and the first believers that lived this out and did this. It's gonna be amazing to hear the stories of what it was like to be a part of the first group of disciples that built the church on the earth after Jesus ascends. And this is how they did it, life on life, eye to eye, over meals, Acts 2.42. This is what it looked like. It was so simple. They prayed. They ate together. They opened the Bible, but they didn't have it, so it came through the apostles. It was so simple. This is making disciples. We have made it. We have made it something else. And this weekend, my prayer is that we would move from going big to going small again. Because guess what? The plan of God worked. It worked really, really well. In fact, I wanna show you how well the plan of God has worked. You and I are here with Bibles, knowing the name of Jesus, because the plan worked. They ate together, they prayed together, they read the words of God, they spoke the words of God, and they loved each other. And the world changed. And how badly do we need the world to change? Yet I fear that this is dying. I fear life on life, relational discipleship, me taking one girl to coffee is going away. And I'm worried because that's worked, guys. That's worked. So why is it dying? Here are the two reasons I think it's dying. Number one, I fear we have traded being with Jesus for doing things for Jesus. And number two, I think we're trying to go big when Jesus called us to go small. I don't look around and I see a lot of Michelle boasts, but what I do see is that honestly, and I'm about to just, I'm gonna tell you right now that this is, this is complicated for me standing on a stage with a microphone. This is complicated for me running an event. I'm not about to say these words to you without realizing that, that I'm speaking them to myself first. But this is what I see. We're writing blogs. We're trying to become Instagram famous. We wanna launch organizations. We want to go big. And because sometimes we can't or because it feels too overwhelming, then we shut down or we check out. And technology has lured us into believing that platforms and numbers are what's most important. And guys, our method is not working. Our method isn't working. We meet people online instead of going to coffee. We blog about our sin rather than repent of it. We debate truth rather than preach it and live it. We're trying to change the world instead of investing in a few lives right in front of us who Jesus gave us to disciple. Life on life discipleship has been replaced by events, technology, organization, and ideas. And all of these things aren't bad. Help us 
with the microphone in my hand in the event that I'm leading, help us that, that these things can be good. God uses these things. Everybody knows that you have read a blog that has changed your life. Yes, you have read a book that shifted everything. You have been to an event that you experienced Jesus. You walked out and you loved him more. These are not bad things. I do all these things. I hope not. <laughs> I run an event. I do it all. I, this is what I do. But... If I live my whole life, let me say this so clear, because some of you are chasing these things. If I live my whole life and this ministry grows bigger than I could ever imagine, and if I write a bazillion best-selling books, and, and if I cause people to you know, fall in love with Jesus all around the world, big emotional experiences, but I don't sit over coffee with somebody named Randy that right now is in my life and is curious about Jesus and I don't do a great job with some college students in my living room on the floor like Michelle did with me. You all agree with me. Who changed your life? A blog, a, an event, or a person? What are we gonna do? How do we change the world? We all come into it asking ourselves this question because we're all completely undone with the brokenness around us, true? I'm telling you, it looks really different than the ways we've been trying. He is a backwards God. He is so different than this world and what it values and what it cares about. This is where we're headed, guys. This is what I dream of. I don't care about an organization. I care that people love Jesus and the way they're gonna love Jesus, the way their lives are gonna change, the way they're gonna go follow him to the ends of the earth, no matter what it costs, which needs to be a value right now in our lives. The way that happens is Michelle Bose sitting on the living room floor with the Bible open. So you're the army and I get to talk to you for not long. So I'm gonna tell you what I see and what I see is that we are distracted by trying to do big things when Jesus has asked us to go do small things. And if we could get back to his model and quit buying into the lie of this world that, that is requiring more, better, louder of us, I think everything will shift. I don't think it could, I think it will. It's God's model. It's how he works. The great commandment, go make disciples. How are we gonna do this? C.S. Lewis wrote an essay entitled First and Second Things. And this is what he says about first and second things. He says, now, if you put things first, Put first things first, we get second things thrown in, but put second things first and we lose both first and second things. And I think some of us, it's not that these are bad things, but they become first things and they need to become second things. So what are the first things? Daily walking with Jesus and making disciples, those are first things. So what am I saying? What, what do we do here? We put first things back in their place. As a generation, we put first things back in place, especially as a church. We know the lies. We know the lies. We return. We come back to our first love and we come back to our first mission. And here's the thing, the first love. He gives us two things. He gives us the great 
commission, yes, but he also gives us the great commandment. And the great commandment is this, love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. This is not, it is simple, but it's not easy. It will cost you everything. Loving people and following Jesus costs us everything. And let me tell you I, what I see as the number one thing that it's gonna cost us right now. You're not gonna like this. This is a way to start if. We're in the noisiest generation that has ever lived on the earth. True? It is a loud world. There's never a time that someone isn't talking to us in our phone, on our computer, in our lives. It is so full. And the goal of the enemy is to make you love anything he can more than you love Jesus. So you're gonna hate what I'm about to say. Let me tell you the way that we get the first things right and you're gonna just hate it. I'm just gonna tell you right now, but you gotta write it down. It's, it seems legalistic. It doesn't feel good. It's not fun. It's not cool. But guys, we have got to learn discipline. We hate it. We don't do it. And so rather than being transformed by the renewing of our minds, we are conformed to this world. And then we wonder why we're not happy, why we're so lonely, why God feels distant. And we find ourselves comparing ourselves to each other. Jesus becomes our first love on closet floors, on our knees, with big, fat, worn out, marked up Bibles beside our beds in the quiet. We have to turn off the noise and pick up our Bibles. Someone asked me last night what I hope people will say when I'm gone, when I'm dead. That was a great question, um, fun to think about. It's, it's actually a really easy answer for me. This is what I said, that, that I hope people would say that Jenny loved Jesus so deeply, so genuinely, that because I knew her, I love him more too. This is how we change the world. We love Jesus with all of our heart. We make it our goal to love him so much that he pours out of us into the lives around us. We get the great commission when we get the great commandment. When we love Jesus with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, when we love people, discipleship will pour out of us. Here's what we do. We return to our first love and we return to our first mission. And we quit believing the lies that bigger is better than deeper, that more is better than less, that louder is better than quieter. So often it's the person who does bigger, does more in the loudest way possible. And that's the people we put on pedestals. No more. You guys in the trenches, taking girls to coffee, teaching them Jesus, showing them what it means to love people that need him. That is what is gonna change the world. That is it. It's simple, nearly boring, mundane. We think it's supposed to be so awesome and fancy and special. And I'm sorry for the ways we may have fed that to you. This is what I know. We go out of here with Christ in us, the hope of glory. Colossians 1, Christ in us, the hope of glory. This life is gonna go by so fast. It's gonna come to an end and, and I fear that as a generation, we possibly would get to the end of it and go all go to heaven and realize that we were living for the wrong things. 
that we were living for more and bigger and better. And my dream is that we would go smaller and deeper and quieter. Some of you, I realize, may not be doing this because you don't feel qualified. I get it. It's a story of my whole life. And some of you just may feel like you're too distant from God or that you've screwed up too badly. But in my experience, God moves through those who actually just happen to realize that they are not qualified. It was an interesting plan. It was actually a completely ridiculous plan God had. Let's put the spirit of God, the hope of the world, in a few broken, sinful guys, and let's have them go give that away to a few other broken, sinful people, and so on and so forth. I just wonder if everything would be different if we wouldn't even be here if Michelle hadn't taken me to coffee, if she had spent those years building platforms rather than disciples. Done. And I start if gathering with this confession that we will be about small things and we will cheer for people doing invisible work that nobody sees because that's what Jesus called us to do. That's who he called us to be. And you're gonna hear stories of all kinds of women that are doing that around the world. A lot of you are doing this. A lot of you are like, heck yeah, I've been doing this a long time, girl. <laughs> She's not preaching to me. Good, keep doing it. Because we're gonna get to heaven, generation. We're gonna get there. And here's what I dream. That when we get there, what is known of us is that we read our Bibles more than we read the news. That we built our local churches rather than built followings. That we trusted God more than we tried to control our lives. That we were on closet floors more than we were on social media. And that we chose small rather than crave big. And I believe that could change eternity. God, forgive us. Forgive us for the ways that we have run after the wrong things. Forgive us for the things that have taken our eyes off of you and caused us to want this world more than you and more than heaven. God, I believe that I'm speaking to an army of women that are changing their worlds and that can change this world by doing small things well. I pray, God, that we wouldn't look for some new plan that we wouldn't think there was a new way to love you, to change this world. We go back and do small things well and let old things change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys, I have a special request to make, okay? You know on your podcast app where you can leave ratings and reviews on the podcast that you listen to? Well, it is honestly like one of Jenny and I's favorite things. It's one of those ways that we get to know you uh, just a little bit by your reviews and your ratings, and it helps other people find out about the show. So would you go today, and if you've been listening for a while and you're enjoying the show, can you go leave a rating and review? We would so appreciate it. And we're always grateful that you're here. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Made for This podcast.